Hey everybody, it's Father Edward Looney, the host of How They Love Mary, and I just want to drop in and tell you that I'm going on a pilgrimage this week with 45 of my parishioners. We're leaving from Door County in Wisconsin. We're going down to the St. Louis area, going to visit Our Lady of the Snow Shrine and then the Cathedral Basilica. And then we're going to come back up to Chicago and visit the Seven Sorrows Basilica, which has a shrine to St. Peregrine, the Cancer Saint. Then we're going to go to Mother Cabrini Shrine, which it's a jubilee year uh, for Mother Cabrini. And then we're going to go to the St. Jude Shrine, which is run by the Claritians. So I'm very excited to go on this pilgrimage. And I've interviewed two different people about two of the shrines in the past. This week, then, I'm going to replay those episodes. The first one about the Shrine of Our Lady of the Snows in Belleville, Illinois. And the second one, a conversation that I had with a religious sister who worked at the Mother Cabrini Shrine in Chicago. I hope you enjoy revisiting these interviews as I visit these places with my parishioners. Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you are listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. Many interviews on this podcast have featured different shrines and the stories behind these shrines. And today we're not talking about a Marian shrine, but we are talking about a saint who has a shrine right here in the United States of America. There's a few of them, and one of them happens to be in Chicago. I lived in the Chicagoland area for four years and never once made it to the Mother Cabrini Shrine. But now I've been there one time and I'm looking forward to a second visit real soon because it's a special anniversary year for Mother Cabrini. And so I thought it would be great to have on Sister Bridget, who is the director of the shrine down there in Chicago, a Mother Cabrini sister herself, who would share the story about Mother Cabrini and bring us this knowledge so that maybe we too can go and visit sometime this year. So welcome to How They Love Mary, Sister Bridget. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you, uh, Father Luni, for inviting me and having this great opportunity to talk with you and to talk to our listeners. I had the great pleasure to meet you a few weeks ago, and you walked me through the Mother mm-hmm. Cabrini Shrine, and I was just really in awe. In fact, when I drove mm-hmm. down there in Chicago, got to the Cabrini Shrine, I'm, uh, and walked in, I just was completely in awe of the church. It was such a beautiful, magnificent place. And to realize that it's right there, and probably so many people don't know about it. But before we talk about the shrine itself, I think it's good for people to know who Mother Cabrini is. So who is she? What's her backstory, and what led her to the United States of America? Okay, well, let me tell you in a nutshell about her. Mother Cabrini was born in San Angelo, Italy. And she was born at seven months, so she was born prematurely, so she was kind of frail. But she always had this dream of wanting to become a missionary. And um, her family were very devoted to Mary. They were faith-filled people. And so uh, Marika Brini 
was brought up more mostly uh, with her older sister Rosa, and because her mother was kind of elderly and sickly. And when Marika Brin grew up, um, she was a teenager. She did apply into congregation that she wanted to enter and become a sister. Well, she was she was refused by both congregations, saying that um, you know she could she has greater gifts than to enter with them because they were looking for strong women and Marika Brini was frail and she was gentle and of course you know her gentle spirit was bigger than the world so when she became uh, a te- she became a teacher thereafter and she went to teach at the daughter of sacred heart and um, in Italy and she worked in an orphanage of women and she organized the orphanage according to her spiritual director. And then there were two women there that were very jealous of her gifts. So, you know, she suffered a lot of challenges. So one day her spiritual director called her and called her Chiquina because that was a nickname for Frances, for Francesca Maria Cabrini. So he called her and he says, Chikina, I don't know of any missionary order of women, only of men. So why don't you start one? And she said, okay, very well, I will look for a house. So seven of those orphan women, they were there, follow her. And she went to Codogno, Italy, and um, she found a Franciscan abandoned house. And, well, that's where she started. She began her order there with the seven other women. And then uh, she had opened like six or seven missions in Italy, and her dream was was all going to China. That was her dream. And then she went to see the Pope to ask permission to go to China to bring the love of Jesus to all those who did not know Jesus. Well, she met another challenge because the Pope told her, Cabrini, not to the East, but to the West. Your missionary life is going to be in the United States. You are going to the United States to take care of the orphans and the immigrants. So, okay, Mother Cabrini came to the United States and she began to bring the faith that people have lost because in the late 1800, there was a war in Italy, or was a world war, and many of those people left their country, they left Italy to, in looking for a better life for them and for their families. And that's how her life began. So she comes to the United States, and because the Holy Father said, go there, go to America, attend to the immigrant, the orphan, all of these things. So what type of ministries did she take up here then, or where did she arrive? Because she was in New York, I know for sure, and then she was (laughs) in Chicago, but maybe there are other places in between as well. Oh, sure. She arrived in New York in Ellis Island, and then when she met with the cardinal there, he says, Cabrini, there is no place for you here. Go back to Italy. And she was very firm in her faith. And she said, oh, no, no, no. The Pope sends, the Pope sends me here and here I must stay. 
So then she began, she rolled up her, her sleeve with her sister, clean up for a, a house that they found. And how she was the following day, she went to the streets of New York, finding the children. They, they didn't have any parents, finding broken family, and she started opening orphanages. So, you know, once she did that, she went to Colorado, she went to California, and New York, New Jersey, and, you know, found orphanages. Then she was um, pushed to open a hospital that she really didn't want to. So she came to the United States in 1889, and in 18. 1899, she came to Chicago, and she opened the school downtown. It was called the Assumption School. It took her five years to really organize everything. And then she went again to the bishop asking him that she would want to open an orphanage. And so the bishop told her, Cabrini, in Chicago, we need a hospital for the poor and for the immigrants. So another challenge in her life. So she came and she started Columbus Hospital, where her national shrine now, called the National Shrine of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, is located in Lincoln Park, um, Lakeview, 2520 North Lakeview. And so now it is the national shrine. We have three shrines in the United States. One is in New York. One is in Colorado. But Chicago has the national shrine of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini because she died here. Now, she died here. So we have a room here. We have first class relic. And then in 1946, she was canonized a saint. And then in 1950, uh, they began to um, build the National Shrine of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. So the shrine is beautiful, as you mentioned before, you were in awe. And so I was, and I'm still in awe, because everything in the chapel has a history, and everything came from Italy. For instance, the, the stained glass windows, they're called the Florentine stained glass windows. You know, there are frescoes of Mother Cabrini. There's the organ that came from Italy. We have her room preserved. And we have first class relic under the main altar. We have five altars, but the main altar is located in the center of the chapel. And underneath it, it has first class relic, which is the right numerous bone of Mother Cabrini. So a lot of people just want to come, and this and this year, and a lot of a lot of people don't know that Maria Cabrini is the first American citizen saint. She's the patron of immigrants, and so a lot of people don't know that she is the first American saint. And so we invite you to come because this year we are really celebrating a whole year of plenary in plenary indulgences. We have the bishop coming on Saturday and we have a function at 3.30 opening of the holy doors and then thereafter those indulgences are going to be available for the whole year until uh, November 13, 2022. Yeah, so we invite people. This is Saturday, November 13th that you're having this special celebration and and what is the cause for the celebration? It's a special anniversary year. What's okay. the specific yes. anniversary? Well, this year uh, this year marks 75 years that Mother Cabrini was uh, canonized, St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. And so we call it the Jubilee year. And so we are celebrating the whole year, but um, 
this coming Saturday is a special day where we are going to have a big celebration opening of the Holy Doors. And really what this... And what this means is that when someone goes there, so there's the Holy Door. If people remember during mm-hmm. the Year of Mercy, Pope Francis's extraordinary Jubilee Year of Mercy, uh, bishops throughout yes. the world designated certain doors to be a holy door. And once you had passed through that door, that the idea would be that you're going to receive a special grace. And that grace would be an indulgence if you pray for the Holy Father with an Our Father, Hail Mary, and Glory Be. Make a profession of faith and celebrate the yes. sacrament of reconciliation and receive Holy Communion seven days prior or seven days after the fact. And so these spiritual practices then allow a person, when they visit the Mother Cabrini Shrine, to experience an indulgence during this uh, anniversary mm-hmm. jubilee year. Yes, you're absolutely right. Now, it's the 75th anniversary since her canonization, when she became a saint, and when people get canonized, there's this long process, of course, the long review of their life, their writings, all of these things. But one of the great yes. aspects of this is there have to be miracles. And so people exactly. pray to the saint or pray to the holy person saying, pray to God for this situation. And then there are mm. graces that are received that then are called miracles, instantaneous unexplainable, long-lasting events that happen in a person's life. What were some of the miracles associated with Mother Cabrini's canonization or beatification? Okay, there were two great miracles uh, uh, for her beatification. The first one was that one of the uh, children was born in Columbus Hospital, New York, uh, called uh, Baby Smith, Peter Smith. And the nurse put too much silver nitrate in the eyes as they were, uh, they used to use uh, silver nitrate to prevent venereal diseases. So she put like 10 times the strength of the dose that she was supposed to put in the eyes. And an hour later, she went to the bassinet and all she saw was foam. So the cornea of the eyes, everything was burned and it was beginning to burn the muscles of the face. And so they became very frantic, the sisters, the nurses and stuff. So um, the mother superior at that time ran to Mother Cabrini's room, grabbed a cloth that Mother Cabrini used in the past, and she covered the baby's eyes, and they prayed for a miracle. And so I think the following day when the doctor came to see the baby, he went to the bassinet and he thought that there was a mistake, and he said, this is not baby Smith and they say yes they prove everything and he says so what are you talking about the baby has perfect eyes so that that was the first miracle and then this this baby Smith grew up and he became a priest and the second miracle was one of our sister called Sister Delphina. She was living in Seattle, Washington, and um, she was only 34 years old, and she had a terminal cancer of the stomach. They could not, they could not cure her cancer. So they began to pray. She began to pray to Mother Cabrini, and she was really dying. She was in coma, and the doctor came to visit, and he, he told the nurses, called the sisters to come and pray for her because she is dying any minute now. So while he went there and came back, when he came back to the room, he found her sitting on the bed asking for food. 
And he says, Sister Delfina, what happened? He was, re- he was really shocked. So she said, you know, I had a dream. And I could see the curtain just flowing, windows open. And Mother Cabrini came over and she poked me and she said, daughter, daughter, get out of that bed. You have a lot of work to do before you come home. And from then on, she lived, she lived for 40 or 40 years, some years longer. No cancer, no nothing. And these beautiful stories of healings are actually portrayed in a few of the different stained glass windows that when someone visits the National Shrine of Mother Cabrini in downtown Chicago, they're able to see these miracles actually depicted. You know, she died in 1917, and I think the miracle began to happen in, in, you know, 1921. And then in 1938, she was proclaimed blessed. And then thereafter, there were two big miracles. There are many miracles, but there are two big miracles. Uh, and both of those big miracles happened in, in Italy. Two men. One man was sent home from the hospital. He had double pneumonia, pussy lung. He was dying, and the doctors sent him home to die with his family. And he started praying, and in two, in two weeks, he was cured. And then the second one was also a man who had a big, big tumor and his uh, one of his legs. He couldn't move it. The doctors refused to operate because they said they were afraid that he would die. They were afraid that he will bleed to death. They didn't have the techniques that they have today. So he sent him home and he said he began to pray to Mother Cabrini. And one morning he got up and there was no tumor in his leg. So that's, you know, just to put it in short, those are two miracles that cause her canonization, even though there are other miracles. Or those are the two miracles that are portrayed even in our chapel and the stained glass windows. Now, I could be wrong, but is it my understanding that she was beatified at a ceremony in Chicago at Soldier Field, or am I completely off base no. there? Oh, no. You know what, dear? She was canonized in 1946, and then uh, the first public mass was in the Soldier Fair in Chicago. Okay. And the first public mass that was there, there were over 122,000 people that came. They came from all over. We didn't know. They said there were buses after buses and cars, and there was really, really over 122,000 people that came to go to the first public mass after Mother Cabrini was canonized. Yeah, and you have a beautiful picture showing this great celebration uh, in the little museum feature of the Mother Cabrini Shrine. So when people go down Mm -hmm. into Chicago as they go to the Mother Cabrini Shrine, first of all, it's probably going to be hard to find parking. At least it was for me. But once they, yes. <laughs> once they get there, though, what do they do? So they walk in the doors. They're kind of like, is this the shrine? I don't understand. There might be a little bit of confusion because it doesn't look like a right. church from the front. No. But you walk right. in and the church is right there and it's very beautiful. So people have the opportunity to walk around the church, to pray, to venerate that humorous <laughs> bone of uh, Mother Cabrini, but then you have a museum so they can walk around the museum as well and continue to learn that story of Mother Cabrini. Anything else they should do while they're at the Mother Cabrini Shrine? 
we would like to know if a group, like in groups come in a bus, so we can arrange for a, a tour guide. There would be a parking space right on, in front of the shrine for buses. And if people come in cars, uh, we can arrange that we have a small parking space that people can arrange to park their car. So we should just let you know we're coming and maybe we'll, you'll find us a magical parking spot then. <laughs> we'll try. Mother Cabrini will provide. Easy. Yes, yes, she will. Now, you I'm, know, so. I'm interested <laughs> a little bit, Sister, about your story, because you are a missionary of the Sacred Heart, this order that Mother Cabrini yes. founded. And so yes. what drew you to that religious community? People listening probably oh, hear a little accent. So uh, you're, are you from <laughs> Italy? Is that right? No, actually, I am from Brazil. Okay. I was born in Brazil, and my parents were born in Brazil, and they still speak their Italian dialect. But um, I think my grandparents migrated from Italy to the to Brazil in the late hundreds when all the immigrants was moving from Italy away from Italy because of the war. So I was born in Brazil. I was educated there, and then I entered, the, you know, when the sisters came, they, they used to go around recruit vocation or ask if anybody wanted to join them. So, you know, they ah, they came to my home, they came to my house, and they were asking. I also had another sister who is a Franciscan now, but um, I love their simplicity, and they, they were so human just to come to my house, you know, and talk to us and ask if we had lunch for them. You know, it was just very, uh, how do you say, touching to me. So I began to go to church every morning to make a novena and ask Mother Cabrini and ask Our Lady to guide me until I really felt convinced that I had a calling to join the Missionary Sisters of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, founded by St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. So I don't regret it. I enjoy every moment of it. I'm not saying everything was easy, but I am so glad I'm still here. And how is Mother Cabrini then, you're working at her national shrine here in the United States of America, how has she inspired your own life and your vocation? What What is something she did that really stays with you and touches your heart deeply? Oh, it touches my heart deeply. Is I think one thing that encouraged me is that she herself and her life has so many challenges in her life, but she change those challenges into opportunity to grow and to flourish and to expand the mission. And so that inspired me that we welcome people here and, you know, we, we welcome anybody that comes in. We talk about, you know, how are you? How's your life going? Can we do anything for you? But most of the people come here because of the quietness, and they say that it's so different to come here. There is something that attracts them to come here. Those that come here keep on saying, what took me so long to come here? And they come back again and again. So they're, you know, they're really attracted to Mother Cabrini. So whoever comes is because of their deep faith, and because they love Mother Cabrini, they must have found something inspirational as well. 
Yeah, definitely. And, and that was my impression, yeah. you know, why did it take me so long to find this place? That was my thought exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, another thing that really inspired me is that Mother Cabrini had an unshakable faith in God. You know, she her motto is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And she said, with God, I can do everything because I can't do it on my own. But with God, I can do everything. So she died when she was 67 years old. And she had opened 67 missions all over the world. Wow. So, you know, and she, and she didn't begin, you know, her mission till she was 29 or 30. So I think she had like at least... Uh, at least two missions every year she has open. We talked a little bit about those miracles, and we know that people, when they visit a shrine, for example, or when they're praying, asking the intercession of the saints, sometimes these saints get reputations for things that they intercede for. Of course, you know, we think of St. Anthony and the lost items, or St. Peregrine, the cancer right. saint. <laughs> Is there anything in particular when people think of Mother Cabrini that there is some special need that they should bring to her attention that she can pray for? Is there any special patronage, I guess? I think, well, she first of all, she is the patroness of immigrants. So I think that's one thing that, you know, she cared for the immigrants and she cared for the poor and the lost. You know, so there's a lot, you know, I can tell you that one woman that was told by her doctor that she couldn't get pregnant. One day she was passing by and she thought, oh, goodness, if I find a parking space, I'm going to go to Mother Cabrini's room. I'm going to go make a visit. Well, she said she was driving up and guess what? One car was pulling out. So she came and she went into Mother Cabrini's room and she was praying and she smell she said she said there was a such a strong odor of roses and there was no roses in mother cabrini's room so she came out and as she uh walked away the the odor the the smell of roses disappeared she walked back the roses were so strong so she thought that that was mother cabrini's way of saying i'm here and she didn't want to scare her well two years not two years um I think a couple of months later, she got pregnant. She had a son. Oh, how beautiful. So, no, the, yeah. You, you would hope he named her, that she named the son maybe Francis Xavier, of course, after the <laughs> Jesuit missionary, but also right. the inspiration for uh, Mother Cabrini's missionary work herself as well. Yes, yes. And then, you know, the miracle to secure uh, baby Smith of his eyes. So we have a nurse that was they graduated from Columbus and she had problem with her eyes. We have other, um, another person, I think her name is Susan, and she is praying to Mother Cabrini and she is experiencing healing in her eyes. So, you know, that's, I think people will pray for anything that they really need because anybody that comes here and say, oh, since I've been praying, I couldn't get my husband to come to the United States because da, 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 da. I prayed to Mother Cabrini. Guess what? My my husband, my son are coming. You know, so I think anything, we we receive story and it's probably, most of the story I publicize in Mother Cabrini Messenger that goes out four, four times a year. And, you know, you can read a small story that people tell that they receive miracles from Mother Cabrini. 
Well, this is such a wonderful conversation, Sister Bridget, that we've had to talk uh, about Mother Cabrini. And I think when we talk about the saints, we really should call them our friends. And throughout our life, we make new friends. And in our Catholic faith, we learn the stories of saints that maybe we should have known about, but that we didn't know about. And we come to know their stories and they befriend us and we befriend them and they become our intercessors. And so... If you find yourself in New York or Golden, Colorado, but most especially in downtown Chicago at the National Shrine of Mother Cabrini, walk through that holy door during the 75th anniversary of her canonization, and you'll be sure to receive many graces from Almighty God by the powerful intercession of this patron saint of immigrants. I know that I hope to visit again real soon and to visit many times during this year and continue to grow in my love for this new friend of mine, Mother Cabrini. Thanks so much for being with me today, Sister Bridget. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. And like I say, you know, Mother Cabrini always said, that is room for everyone here. So we have room for anyone and everyone that comes. And that's the beautiful gift of a shrine. It welcomes people of so many different ways and different paths in their life. And they come there maybe in need. They come with the petitions weighing heavy on their heart or they come to give thanks to God. And so you can do so at this beautiful shrine in Chicago. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show and for all the many ways that you support the podcast. If you want to help out the podcast, be sure to check out Sock Religious. I love their socks. I love their shirts. And so go over to Sock Religious, use the link in the show notes, and buy some holy socks or some holy shirts that you can wear to evangelize your family and your friends. If you also want to support the podcast, I invite you to please share the podcast with your friends or on your social media platforms. Rate or review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't mind, please follow me on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. My handle is at FR Edward Looney. You'll see all of the posts, all of the content that I put out each week by following me there. Thanks so much again for listening today. Know that I am entrusting you to the heart of Mary, asking her to pray for you this day and every day. And if you don't mind, say a prayer for me too. Let us remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless.